everybody, and welcome to the Glean Podcast. We're glad you took time out of your schedule tonight to watch uh, the podcast as we discuss uh, things that are going on in the world, and uh, we look at the Word of God, and we look at these situations. You know, it's amazing. It doesn't matter what you're going through, what your community is going through, what your nation is going through. God has the answer. And uh, the last few weeks, we've been talking to some uh, political people, uh, candidates that are running for office. Please continue to pray for them and uh, that God will keep them, protect them, give them strength, give them wisdom. Um, But tonight, many of you may have watched the Super Bowl. If you didn't, that's okay. But if you didn't, you still probably heard, but they were Two uh, commercials played during the Super Bowl. One was about a 15-second video. The other was about a 60-second video. Um, And it was called Hashtag He Gets Us. And there was a lot of controversy that come out of it. If any of you that watched it, (laughs) you know right off the bat that it's like, oh, wait a minute, This uh, (laughs) this ain't right. Something's not right here. But it, it, it basically went through, and we're going to watch the video here in just a few minutes, um, but it basically went through, uh, I don't know, it's, uh, they, it's, it's a false representation of the Word of God and of Jesus is what it is. Um, they've got some, they're arguing, saying, well, you know, we're, they, they on their website, uh, some of their comments, they talk about, this term now I, I'm not used to hearing, uh, but it's called pre-evangelism. Now, I, I don't know why pre-evangelism is necessary. Uh, you shouldn't have to have any pre-to-evangelism. You just evangelize and people get saved. But um, I think you'll be able to see here, I, I, I can see by their website and reading their articles I can see part of what they're saying uh, could be justified, but at the same time, I see the other side of it, what's going to happen with it and what it seems like it's okaying because they don't come out against any sin at all. Um, There's a balance in between, and you know, if you've been to our church any length of time, you can get on the ditch on either side of a subject or a topic if you're not careful uh, you can you can get you know just way off in the in era, and that's why it's best to get in the middle of the road. And you know it's amazing. Scripture says that that the Holy Spirit is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. A lamp illuminates what's around you. A light shines into your future, what's ahead of you, so that you can see. So if we just look at the Word of God, we can see the truth that they're showing, but also the falsehoods or the, the, the misconceptions that I'll say that they're showing here and anything that is not all truth, if it's a half truth or if it's 99.9% truth, but not a hundred percent truth, it's still a lie. So we have to look at what they're talking about here. Now in these two videos and we're going to watch the longest one here in just a few seconds but like i said earlier 15 second video 60 second video this cost 
a whopping $100 million for these two videos to be played during the Super Bowl, which, you know, Super Bowl ads are ridiculous anyway. But uh, think about that, $100 million. <laughs> it's, uh, wow, you know, I'm thinking that we could have done a lot of good with $100 million besides this. But basically, this is a newly formed nonprofit organization, and uh, they've been taken over once they got this going. It's been going for a while. It was founded and funded by a man named Bill McKendry and Jason Vanderground under a firm known as Brand Haven. Um, so they started this He Gets Us movement, and it's just kind of developed into what it is now. They've had commercials before, uh, but they weren't this, I don't know, just out in, in the open, in your face about it. They've had the hashtag He Gets Us all over uh, billboard signs in New York City, places like that. But uh, there was a new group that has recently took over the management of He Gets Us. And uh, one of the big funders of this, which is a really big surprise to me, is the uh, co-founder of Hobby Lobby. Uh, I can't remember his first name. His last name is Green. But his son sits on the board of this new company. And if any of you know, Hobby Lobby is a very uh, conservative Christian based company uh they were in the news a while back about fighting against uh employees paying for abortions and contraceptives um because it goes against religious beliefs and they they won um so it kind of it, it shocked me that they would put any money in this there's a lot of other donors but they all wanted to remain anonymous and you know i kind of wonder why you know, why support something if you're not willing to put your name on it? If it's especially dealing with Jesus and getting people to, to serve God or, or give their life to God. But the one of the reasons that they said uh, from Brandhaven, from the uh, Bill, uh, say what, Bill McKendry and that Jason Vandergrau, the reasoning behind this movement and I want you, what I'm going to quote here is, is actually from them, but they said was to get the world to, quote, respect Christianity again. Now, I don't, I don't know about you, but I don't need the world's approval. I don't need the world's respect. All I need is Jesus, and I'm going to preach his gospel. Jesus was not respected. I, I, I don't know why we should think that that we should expect people to respect Christianity because anytime you preach against what someone's doing, they're not going to respect you. They're going to get mad at you. And that's not just sinners. There's Christians. You know, I've said a many a time, how many people love their pastor, brag about their pastor. Oh, my pastor is the best pastor in the world. Boy, my pastor preaches the word of God. Boy, my pastor will tell you the truth. My pastor will always be there for me if I ever need him until you come to that person with correction on something they're doing. Then they get mad at you and, well, you know, I, I, maybe, maybe he's not hearing God anymore. 
So, you know, you even uh, as pastors preaching the truth and being a true pastor, what God has called a pastor to do, we even lose respect in our own community, in the Christian community, because that person could be doing something that's seemingly good, but yet if you, the pastor sees the destruction that's coming and warns them, see, their flesh don't want to let go of it, and they've already justified to themselves, oh, I, what I'm doing is good. This is fine. There's nothing wrong with what I'm doing. Then the pastor's voice becomes faint in the distance. So it's not just that we lose respect in the in the world. We Sometimes we lose it in the church. Why? Because even in the church, people don't want to crucify their flesh. People don't want to listen to what God says, especially when it goes against what they're doing. And that's what I believe is happening here when, when you have people making remarks like, we want the world to respect Christianity again. That means that we're going to have to preach a gospel that's watered down. Uh, you're going to have to preach the once saved, always saved. It you can, you know, when you got saved, your your sins, past, present, and future are already forgiven, which is absolute ludicrous. I mean, it it, it doesn't even make sense, you know. And that's a topic for another time. But what they were, you know, were saying about respect Christianity again, according to John, the book of John, chapter 15 and verse 19, here John says, if you were of the world, or Jesus said, if you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. Yet, because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, the world hates you. And when he's talking about the world here, in this passage, he's talking about the world system, the, the sin system, the antichrist system. That's what he's talking about here. And if you've noticed, especially in these last few years, because we know we're living in the end times, the, the last of the last days, if you speak out against sin at all, whether it be a, a, a grave major sin or some minute little something to you, if you preach against any of that, it's considered hate speech. You know, and and you you can look at a lot of your mega churches, your fast-growing churches uh, that are just seeming like coming up overnight to be major churches or mega churches. If you begin to listen to what those ministers are preaching, not all, but majority, you're finding out they're preaching a gospel that the world will accept, but it's not a gospel according to the word of God. It's a watered-down version. So these guys with this, uh, this uh, brand haven, they hired an advertising group called Lirma, and you can, you can look up the uh, brand haven, you can look up Lirma. Uh, these, <laughs> anyway, you can do that on your own time. But they hired an advertising group, and the guy they hired, his name is David Mooring, and he's an agent for Lirma. And now I want you to listen to what he said. This is, this is, I'm quoting him verbatim. He said, I wrote down the word. Now notice he said, I wrote down the word, Jesus. He didn't say I wrote down the name. 
You see, they treat the the name Jesus as it, it's just another word. I can just look at the word. It, it's not a you know. Now I know there's some people going to say, "Well, Jesus is the word." I know that, but that's not what they're meaning. He said, "I wrote down the word." And he said, as I begin to look at the word, what jumped out at me, and Josh, you've got that slide, I think, uh, of the word Jesus. And he said what uh, jumped out at him was the us in, in the word Jesus. And he said that he circled us, and he said that, he said, wait a minute, that means he gets us. We are all in his story. So when you look at that and you realize that what he did was he took the word Jesus and all he seen was the U.S., the us on the end of it, <clears throat> what that makes that is it, this is all about me. It's a, 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 you know, a selfish gospel. You, you can see that right there the us, and then down at the bottom, he gets us. You see, their main emphasis when you even go on their website and all of their stuff is us, not God, not God's will. What what do I want? And some people say, well, yeah, but we're just trying to make it to where they people understand he does get us. Yet Jesus gets us. I, I'm not against the statement at all. What I'm against is how they're portraying the statement. If Je yeah, Jesus gets us, and, and you can prove that because in the book of John, in verse uh, chapter three, verse sixteen, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever shall believeth upon Him shall, you know, have everlasting life. We know that, but what they're portraying here, they're portraying that you can continue to live in that sin. Uh, and, and Jesus, he gets you. And because he gets you, then you can just keep living. Because everybody talks just like with the homosexuals or the transformers, the alphabet group, you know. Well, we were born this way, you know. And I like what one minister said. He said, you may have been born that way, but when you get born again, you're not that way anymore if you're truly born again. So when you begin to look at these things and you see that the main focus in Jesus is us and then all their hashtags is he gets us, the word that is highlighted in every bit of their stuff is us. It's not about him. It's about us. And when you truly get saved, it's no longer about me. It's about him. Because did not Paul say, I was crucified with Christ, but yet I live? Not I that live, but Christ that lives within me? You see, when I surrender my life to Christ, when you surrender your life to Christ, it's no longer about you. You have crucified your flesh. Yes, we still make mistakes. Yes, we still stumble. But we don't continue in a pathway of sin. We repent which means to turn away from, to change one's mind on what I was doing, it means I'm not going to do that anymore. So when they, they do these kind of word plays, and, you know, and that was one of the things I think that frustrated me the most was not that, not that these guys 
done the video. What really frustrated me was as I'm watching the Super Bowl and I'm looking at my social media, what I began to see was all of the Christians that were on social media praising this video. And I'm thinking, y'all don't even, you don't get it. This is, this is not a video that we're going to, you know, uh, have accolades up in heaven about. There's not going to be a hashtag neon sign in heaven that says he gets us. You know, it, it, it's not going to be there. We have to change our ways. And that's not what this video portrays at all. You know, and this David Mooring, he also wrote an article. He does a blog on their page, the hegetsus.com or whatever that exact website is. He writes an article on there, a blog, that says Jesus was an immigrant too. Jesus was not an immigrant. I mean, how, how do you, you can't even justify that. Jesus was not an immigrant. His parents were natives there. If he's born there, you know, Mary, then he, he, he's a native. You know, he, he's not an immigrant. He didn't. You know, and I, well, you know, he, God is his father, and he, I know that. <laughs> but what he, he's not an immigrant because what they're trying to push there is we should be accepting of illegal immigration. We should show the love of God to all these illegal immigrants. Here's the thing about that, and then I'll get off of that soapbox. But if you come into a country illegally, you have no rights. And when you look at what's going on now, these are not citizens or, or people that are coming into our country that want to be uh, to help better our country and in return better themselves. They're wanting to come over here to steal, kill, and destroy. Well, who done that in the Bible? Didn't they say Satan has come to kill, steal, and destroy? We've constantly, we just had a, a, a girl, I think her name was Riker or Riley, some in Atlanta, a beautiful young girl who's going to college, had everything going for her. Also, I mean, everybody loved this girl so sweet. She was just beaten and raped multiple times by what? An illegal immigrant that had already had already has a rap sheet. But we're just supposed to to just show them the love of Jesus. And you see, that's the whole other thing. They're misportraying the love of Jesus. The love of Jesus is not, oh, just live like you want and I'll accept you. It's turn from sin. He loves you enough to tell you that what you're doing is wrong and that you need to change. And see, the other thing, the Bible says in the last days, even the elect, if possible, will be deceived. Paul also said in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 11, verse 4, Paul warns us there. See, already that quick after Jesus had ascended into heaven, not long after, Paul is already having to warn because why? People are already going around preaching another Jesus. And Paul warns of that. Why? Because they're trying to preach a Jesus that they can control a Jesus and a religion that they can uh, manipulate and, and have people continue to live like they want. So we have to realize 
that sometimes, you know, what, what's the old song that says everything that glitters is not gold? Just because they throw the name Jesus out there, just because they throw the name God out there, it does not mean that it is a good thing because we can see even Paul warns us of the, already that quick in the Bible, there was already a false Jesus, a false understanding of who he is. There was already that false narrative out there, and Paul was already having to warn people, saying, wait a minute, uh, that, there's a false Jesus being preached. There's a false spirit being preached. There's a false gospel being preached. So this is not something new. It's been going on, but you have to look at how they're doing these things. They're putting enough truth in it to make it sound good to the unlearned or the ignorant. And some people say, well, I liked it. You calling me ignorant? If you think that that, that commercial portrayed the true light of who Jesus is, yes, you're ignorant because you have a total misunderstanding of who Jesus is. And you have not read your Bible. You have not studied out the word of God. You do not have a true understanding of who Jesus Christ, our Lord and King, is because if you did, that commercial would have, would have ticked you off. It would have aggravated you because now you realize that there's going to be a lot of people because of that commercial think that because they live in a homosexual lifestyle or because they're uh, addicted to alcohol or gambling or they're running around on their mate that, well, that's just who I am, you know, that it's going to be okay. Why? Because Jesus gets us, you know, and they're trying to push all of these things in. And we're going to watch the commercial now, and I want you to watch it. And as we watch it, I'm going to stop here and there in this commercial and talk a little bit about it. It's more about the pictures, uh, but I want you to kind of see what they're showing here. This first one, it, I don't know, you know, police brutality, uh, the injustice that goes on between the police and the black community um, so that the, the, the police should be washing feet. Now, the one thing I do notice in, in most of these clips that the guy doing the washing also has their shoes off, so I don't know if maybe that person's going to in turn wash their feet. But anyway, they're trying to justify that. I believe, you know, that, that some people grew up hard so they're just criminals or that, you know, just because of where they live that crime's necessary, that's how they live, and that the police need to wash these people's feet instead of arrest them and put them in jail. That's, that's kind of my take on that one. Go to the next one. Don't ask me. Now this one, it looks kind of like maybe a cheerleader and then a, I don't know, maybe, maybe a lesbian. I, I, I don't know. It, you know, uh, I know some people say, well, that's profiling. Well, I'm just going by, you know, <laughs> what they are. I don't know what's going on here, but yeah, they rate, they made the videos look like this for a reason. Yeah, there, there's hidden messages, you know, in a lot of this. But I, I believe you're looking at the preppy cheerleader girl that maybe the popular girl uh, that's you know sitting down with the girl that that may be a lesbian. Here, you know, I, I don't know. You got an old white guy washing a native Indian's 
steep. I don't know uh, exactly what's going on there. You know, some of these, I, I, you know, it, it, they're kind of like trying to justify every lifestyle. It's not so much every race because God, God loves every race, and so do we. But I think maybe lifestyles and things like that, maybe that's what they're... Well, it looks like the biased and uh, the, any kind of bias to get somebody else. Yeah. Or, you know, this one in, in regards might be, uh, you know, a cowboy versus an Indian type thing. Yeah. You know, trying to tie those. Yeah, it, it could be. I like the old Ford truck in the background. though. Now. That's pretty <laughs> cool. But uh, go to the next one. Now here, this one, this one, the one that, that, that this is, uh, well, oop, back up just a little bit there. Yeah, this one. Now here, <clears throat> if you look closely on the right-hand side, you've got protesters against the abortion clinic. This woman, this older woman, I believe, that's knelt down washing the girl's feet, this is, to me, what this is portraying, this is a girl that's either going in to have an abortion or has had an abortion, um, and she's washing her feet. So there they're trying to push in the acceptance of abortion. They're, you know, you should be able to have sex with whoever you want to have sex with, and then if you slip up and get pregnant, you should be able to go have an abortion, which most of us know, and we've done a podcast on abortion. If you hadn't ever watched it and you uh, have questions about what the Bible says about abortion, you can go back in our history and you can see exactly what the Word of God says about abortion. But what they're trying to show here is Jesus gets us, so if I have an abortion, you know, uh, he gets us. It's okay. Go to the next one. I love your now, this one looks like uh, somebody struggling with alcohol. Looks like maybe an alcoholic, drug user. Uh, somebody needs to clean the house. Uh, I don't know if that they got a hoarding problem or just an alcohol problem or what's going on here. But that house is a wreck. But... Jesus, what they're portraying is you should be, you know, Jesus get you're now. Yeah, Jesus does get you. And I can promise you one touch from Jesus, and you'll never touch a drop of alcohol again. But Jesus is not going to continue allowing you to drink yourself to death. You know, it. they're just, I don't know. It's, I, I was really frustrated with especially these last few, you know, I, I don't, I don't condone drinking. Uh, you know, I've been in the ministry uh, all my life. Uh, you know, I grew up a PK. So I've been in the ministry all my life. I'm 40, fixing to be 47 years old, and I have been in ministry all my life, and I have never in one instance in my life have I watched my parents counsel with somebody or have I known somebody that alcohol done them good. I've always seen alcohol destroy families, destroy lives, and it, it's never been a good thing. So, you know, yeah, Jesus gets you, but that's the thing. You need him so that you don't have to depend on 
that alcohol because, you know, a lot of people, well, you know, I just drank a little bit so I can rest at night. Well, Jesus can be your rest. Well, you, you don't know how I was raised and how I was brought up. I have internal pain, and the only way I can cope with it is to drink alcohol. Okay, that may help you, but when you wake up from your slumber, your drunken slumber, now your problems are still there, plus you've got a hangover. But if you would give Jesus your problems, because we talked about this yesterday in 1 Peter, where he said, cast all your care upon him, for he careth for you. If you give him your problems, he can mend that broken heart. He can mend the things that were done to you. He can heal your body, your mind, so that you don't have to depend on alcohol as a crutch or a, a solution to your problems when Jesus is the solution. He is the answer, you know, and, and, and I'm, you know, they always make it out like, well, you just don't know what they, I've been through. I, I, I don't need to know what you've been through. You know, I get tickled so many times. I heard somebody today when somebody said something, uh, I think we were, I was walking out of the gym and I overheard a conversation and somebody said, uh, you know, so-and-so asked for prayer. Well, what for? I don't know. Well, what did they do? Well, I don't know. Well, who, you know, I mean, they just kept asking all these questions. It's like, wait a minute, they, they don't know. <laughs> you know, but people's always wanting to, all the details. I don't need the details. Why? Because I can't do anything about them. I can't fix your hurt and your problem. But I know the man that can. Jesus can. You know, so to accept alcohol, to set, accept these things is unacceptable. You know, go to the next slide. This one, you see the clean air, so you've got the environmental thing going on here. Uh, you've got a fireman washing, I don't know. The oil worker. You know, or, or oil worker. Uh, I guess he's apologizing for pumping oil and destroying the planet, uh, maybe, because you see the climate, you know, they got the, the whole climate change going on there with the clean air now. I guess she's a protester of what the, he his job, uh, even though they're, you know, they're proven, you know, if you do a little research, you can find out that to create the batteries for these electric cars are a lot more damaging to our environment, a lot more expensive than the crude oil that we pump out of the ground. Um, but, you know, I, it, it, it wasn't really here. I don't think this was a Jesus washing feet or us washing feet. I think they bring you in with a hook of Jesus gets us, but then they start throwing in climate change and, and different things like that, you know, and trying to get us to think clean energy. We need to go away from crude oil. We, we need to uh, all go buy an electric car. But truth be known, if you buy an electric car and drive in the wintertime, and you'll be like that little Volkswagen or whatever that was out there that's sitting on the side of the road. Now, here's the one with immigration. This is... Uh, this is how we should be. We should be, instead of demanding that illegals go be deported and, and put back across the border, and instead of us protecting our borders, we should be bringing them over here and washing their feet. Uh, and, you know, they, they portray this young uh, Latino girl holding a baby, uh, which may be one in 
three or four thousand. They don't show the uh, MS-13 drug cartel that's coming across the border. They don't show the terrorists uh, from the Middle East. They're not showing the the Chinese nationalists that are coming. They're not showing them. They're not showing any of the the men that have killed uh, American citizens that have uh, killed these young girls in these colleges and raped them, molested them, done all that. They're not showing them. They're going to show you the, the, the one out of a, a several thousand, and we're supposed to wash their feet. You know, so they, they've waited till towards the end to push these in so that it gets you into this. It, it's political. I don't care what anybody says. This commercial has zero to do with Jesus and everything to do with a political narrative, 100% political narrative. Here, you, you know, she's washing, a, a, I'm assuming, a Muslim's feet. Uh, you know, so Jesus accepts Muslims. Well, sure he does if they accept Jesus in their heart. But if they accept Jesus in their heart, then they can't worship and have the Muslim religion because it don't work that way. Uh, because if they do that, the Muslims will kill them. But yet we're taught to believe that they're all accepting and, and believing, you know. So it's just another ploy that we're just supposed to open up our borders, accept everybody in the United States because we need to love like Jesus loves. That That's kind of what they got going on our next slide. Two worlds Here is more, I believe, uh, protesting. Uh, you know, the, all the protesting that we had uh, a few years back and you know, the protesters, these are the ones that were looting stores, destroying cities, uh, killing people, uh, beating up police officers, randomly just beating the mess out of people that were randomly walking down the street. These people, uh, it's showing them washing regular people's feet. So the protesters are washing the feet of you know, just normal people. So they're trying to get a message across here that we're all just normal people, uh, but we're not. If if you're protesting like was done in the past few years in burning down cities, you're being controlled by a demonic force. There's nothing normal about you. If, you know, so they're just, again, pushing a narrative. You see silence, you see hate, uh, censorship, which... They're not censoring them, they're censoring us. You know, there's a high probability that this video that I'm doing now could get censored. Why? Because we don't have free speech. You know, they want to control the narrative of everything we say, and then they shoot videos like this to push against Christians to say, y'all don't even understand the Jesus that you say you do. So, go to the next slide. And they could never this one, I believe, has got to do with racism, um, you know, which, again, the racism in this nation, uh, well, it wasn't, yes, there's still racist people. There's racist white people. There's racist black people. There's racist Latinos. There's racist Chinese. I mean, every race has people that don't like other races. Um, it wasn't that bad here until Obama was in office. And he blew it out of the water, you know. Uh, but they're 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 trying to come against that, you know. Now that slide in itself, it looks good. I mean, I 
I've got, you know, I don't have a problem with another race because I don't judge a person by their skin color. I judge a person by the content and the character of their heart. You know, that's how I judge a person. So they're trying to push the race thing in, you know, uh, it, which, you know, it, it would be non-existent if people would just cut the news off. But, you know, we won't do that. So go to the next one. Now, this one here is, uh, this one's, there's a lot going on here. <laughs> and first of all, I don't think anybody has a question that that's a homosexual in the green, in case you're struggling with that. Uh, and just uh, FYI, if you're watching this video and you do dress like that or you know someone dresses like that, they're gay. Especially if it's a guy. That's a gay guy. You know, shaved legs, sitting like a girl, feminine. They're pushing all of that. And then they have a priest knelt down washing his feet. That's acceptance. We're supposed to be accepting them because that's who they are. And see, Jesus gets them. You know, Jesus understands that they're homosexual and that they're going to go right on up to heaven with Jesus just because he gets them, but the church don't. So you see, it, it's just, I don't know. It, 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 that disgusts me. I, I think most of these pictures were AI-generated, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he'll have to, or a priest, whatever he's supposed to be, uh, he'll have to stand accountable for that, and I would not want to be him. But you notice they they painted pretty back next slide. It's so beautiful. You got a beautiful ocean in the sand. Yeah. Jesus didn't take I like that. Go ahead. Now here's where the lie is. So it said that Jesus didn't preach hate. No, he didn't. But it said Jesus washed feet. Do you know that in the Bible, the only place that Jesus washed feet was before his crucifixion at the Last Supper? And the only feet he washed was his disciples. Not sinners. Not people that didn't believe in him. Not people that had rejected him. And I know some people, oh, yeah, uh, with Judas, Judas rejected him and he washed his feet, but he was his disciple. And you see, that's one of the problems. We They're portraying that we should just go. I mean, that's the whole thing now. I mean, I ain't washing people's feet. No. You know, I'm, I'm not washing their feet. Jesus washed his disciples' feet. He didn't go out and... What they're portraying, we're just supposed to have these big public foot, foot washings, and I guess once you wash their feet, they're saved, sanctified, Jesus gets them, and they're all going to heaven, just go on and live in sin. You know, I, that's what I'm getting out of this video. You know, somebody may be able to come in and explain this thing, and I, I might be like, okay, uh, my bad. But just watching the video, doing a little bit of research, this, this is what I'm seeing here. Um, go ahead and finish the, see there's us twice, there's Jesus, but us is highlighted, 
He gets us.com. Love your neighbor. You know, yes, the Bible says love your neighbor, but that has nothing to do with accepting the sin that they live in. You see, and, and that's the thing where I, I'm just totally blown away. And if you go to their website, in the last few minutes we've got here, we're going we're to many Christians go through life and you've never been chastened by the Holy Spirit. If you hadn't, you might want to check your relationship with God because I've been chastened many a times. Why? Because he loves me. And I don't walk, well, he, God corrected me. God fussed at me. No, I'm excited. But why? He loves me. I was fixing to do something wrong, and he straightened it out. He corrected me on it, you know. So they go against this judge, harm, and divide. Now, remember at the beginning of the podcast, I talked about there's a ditch on either side and that we should get in the middle of the road. Well, you have a ditch here with the word judge, harm, and divide. There's, there's, there's three places you can get in the ditch because judge, if I do it according to the world, Everybody likes to use that scripture, scripture, judge not lest ye be judged. Well, he's not even talking about that right there. What they were talking about when the scripture that says judge not lest ye be judged was talking about another man's sacrifice to God. Don't judge that. <laughs> you know, so you can get in a ditch on you can't judge anything, but then you can get in a ditch over here and be judgmental about everything everybody does. So that's where you have to get in the middle of the road, walk with the Holy Spirit, use discernment. And, you know, they are legalistic Christians, you, you know, and, and they have harmed. So now we talk about harm. What's the ditch of harm? It's continuing to allow someone to live a sinful lifestyle, whether it be homosexuality, whether it be alcoholism, whether it, you know, abuse, pedophilia, any of those things. There's numerous things. We, we continue to let them live in that lifestyle by using the hashtag, oh, well, he gets us, you know. But then on the other hand, you get on the other side of the ditch, and in the church, well, y'all can't play that style of music. You know, by gosh, when I was growing up, we didn't have nothing but a piano, and that's all we're going to have. And that's why your church has 10 members, and all of them are 75 years old. <laughs> you know, I, I, I've talked to numerous churches, uh, you know, in our local community that talk about we're losing our younger generation. I said, yep. Yeah, what, what is your music department? What is it like? Do y'all still sing hymns? Yeah, we still sing hymns. Well, I'm not knocking hymns, but you're not going to reach the younger generation because why? They don't like the hymns. They want the style of music that, that moves them. And there's great Christian music out there that's not in the hymn book, you know. So, and then you've got people, well, they can't come in our church. That You know, that guy's got long hair. So what? You know, well, they can't come in because... Uh, that woman wore jeans and didn't wear a dress. Okay, so you're running them off? 
you know, there's all kind of harm going on because the church is saying, well, the only way you can come inside the church and then you pull out this long scroll of things they've got to change before they can come in the church and be accepted, but yet we stand in the pulpit and say God accepts everybody just like they are and he'll change them. Well, that's confusing there. You know, I've told our church, we've got to prepare ourselves. Understand why some people's like that, because sometimes us as Christians, we have misportrayed who Jesus is, but then at the same time, these people misportraying who he is by saying that you can just live any way you want to. We have to change. You cannot develop a relationship with Jesus Christ, a personal relationship with him, and it not change you. You know, it says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Well, thou shalt not sin, steal, thou shalt not kill. All these things, but we don't know. He gets us. We, I, I can live like I want to live. I can do like I want to, you know. So I really think, you know, this commercial has just really, it, it, it's made a mess. And I think what it's done, it's done a lot like what happened with An Andy Stanley. You know, Andy Stanley had a conference, and I've done a whole podcast on that. You can go back and watch. Andy Stanley done a whole podcast, or I mean a, a conference, on uh, helping parents cope with transgender kids and homosexual kids. But what he was doing was trying to affirm it, trying to accept it. And time you make both sides of the issue mad, and you don't help anybody. And that's really what happened with Andy Stanley. And I believe that's what's happening here is we're seeing, you know, that, wait a minute. In Christianity, at some point in your life, there has to be a hard line drawn. You have to draw a, a hard line and say, I, I can't continue to live this way. I can't continue to do that. Why? Because the Bible says the wages of sin is death. Well, if you know it's a sin and you keep living in it, what do you mean he gets us? No, he's already given us all the warning signs of things not to do. So we have to understand that this is not only a political commercial, but this is a way to misinterpret, misrepresent the true love of God. Because like I said, the love of God brings correction. And on here, there's no correction. It's all about acceptance, you know, they went on to say it, um, in this article, it said, we hope to remind everyone, including ourselves, that Jesus' teachings are, listen to these words, how they phrase this stuff, the, that Jesus' teachings are a warm embrace, not a cold shoulder, that he didn't let pro this and anti that prohibit him from seeing the value in all people. He gets us movement invites you to explore Jesus' story on your own terms and at your own pace. Our message isn't from a particular church, nor is it affiliated with any one denomination. So notice that, that Jesus' teachings are a warm embrace. Even though Jesus says, I am the rock of offense. That was warm, wasn't it? And Jesus called us, Sadducees and Pharisees, a bunch of vipers and snakes. Uh, Jesus fashioned whips and turned over tables and ran people out of the synagogue. 
That's warm. Yep, that's warm. Absolutely. You know, so see, they're already, in, even in this, trying to, they're trying to portray Jesus as some sissy. You know, he's just this sissy guy that went around hugging everybody and washing their stinking feet. That's not who Jesus is. And it's obvious they, if they've even read the Bible and studied, tried to study the Bible, somebody has given them misconceptions of who Jesus is. Now, here's the thing. You will notice, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of the, well, the best example right now is the woman that Jesus caught, was caught in adultery. And the leaders had caught her. They had picked up stones and was going to stone her. Because of their sin, whether it was keeping her from being stoned or healing the person, and that their sickness was because of sin, he would tell them, go thy way and sin no more. One, he said, go thy way and sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. So he was telling them, I get you, and you're the reason I'm here, but don't continue to live in it, or the work that I'm doing, you're going to make in vain, and you're going to avoid it in your life. Because the Bible talks about Christ can't be crucified again. But we can't portray this. See, we, they're portraying this love story as some romance. You know, that Jesus just floated around loving everybody. Maybe it was. We understand why. Many of those who represent Jesus have made people in the alphabet soup community feel judged and excluded. And others in the Jesus community have simply ignored their stories and lived experiences. So let us be clear in our opinion. Jesus loves gay people. Jesus loves trans people. The alphabet community, like all people, is invited to explore the story of Jesus and consider his examples of unconditional love. Say they throw that in there. Grace, which they're not even using the right setting for grace, and forgiveness of others. It didn't say in forgiveness of sins. It said forgiveness of others. No matter who you are, you are invited to explore the story of Jesus. Ain't that just awesome? I get to go read the story of Jesus and consider what it means to your life. It means the same thing to your life that it does to my life or anybody else's. He came to seek and save the lost. You know, we were all going to hell. But then we accepted Jesus. He came into our lives, and he changed us forever. So, I mean, you know, they're just going all around this stuff. and There's no rebuke. There's no, uh, hey, you know, you can't continue to live in this. I've never mistreated anybody that's a homosexual uh, or, or in the alphabet community. Not one time. And I... I would not turn any of them away from our church. What I would not let them do is come into the church and practice that lifestyle sitting in the pew. There's not two men going to kiss or two women like a husband and a wife's going to kiss if they kiss each other. on not going to happen. You're not holding hands. Why? Because if I let them practice sin in the church, then I can let the alcoholic come in here and drink while he's in the sanctuary, let the man that's uh, hooked to, to pornography, I can let him watch that on his 
his tablet while I'm up there preaching. Why? Well, if you let one sin run rampant in the church and don't correct it, then you have to let them all. You know, I'm not going to browbeat them. I'm not going to be mean to them or mistreat them, but I'm going to preach the word of God. And, I, you know, I've told some in the gay community before. They said, we really want to come to your church. I said, that's fine. And the reason they wanted to come is because I was loving to them. I didn't browbeat them when I, I realized or found out they were homosexuals. I had one of them say, well, you know I'm gay. I said, well, yes, yeah, so does everybody else. I mean, I get amazed when people say, well, you know so-and-so come out of the closet. <laughs> I'm like, well, it's about time. Everybody else already knew it. But they said that I, they felt like I didn't condemn them. I said, I don't. But that lifestyle you're living in is what's condemning you. But I said, if you come to my church, just because you're here does not mean I'm not going to preach against the lifestyle that you're living. And they said, oh, well, that, that's understand, understandable. But even in this website, they've got a search bar. And in that search bar, you can ask them different kind of questions and things like that. But there's you if you type in repentance, if you type in righteousness, holiness, any of those things like that, they don't have anything in there. But what you can search, what they have articles on, are relationships, hope, activists. Now, what in the world does activists have to do with finding Jesus and him getting us? They've got one about struggle, love, judgment, about us, justice, forgiveness. It's all about the forgiveness thing. Outrage, reaction, refugees. You see there again, that's, that's the political side of it. Inclusive, that's another political, real life, and then women. There's your other political. It's all about the abortion, women's rights. You know, has nothing to do with the baby's rights. Babies don't have rights, but women have rights. So, you know, while some people are, I, I, there's parts of this that, yeah, I can see that, you know, I would hope maybe it sparked a few people to really truly find Jesus. But in a nutshell, I believe that this whole he gets us movement is actually an antichrist movement. It it's got it's got the right words in the right places if you don't understand the Bible and if you don't if you're not grounded in God's word. It has all the right connotations and and notes and things like that for you to be like, oh man, this is great. Look what they're doing on the Super Bowl. We got a he gets us movement. No, that's not nothing to do with Christ. This was a political uh you know, motivated, it, it, it's pro-abortion, it's pro-illegal uh, immigration, it, you know, it, it's, it's pro-everything, and it's anti-God. It's anti-Christ on everything. They did, you know, if you went to poison a dog, you're not going to, or an animal, you're not just going to give them the poison. You put it in enough meat that it entices the dog to eat the meat and not really taste the poison, but yet the poison's there. That's just, that's what's happening here. They put just enough Jesus in it to pull you in to the poison of thinking that Jesus will let them continue to live in that sin, that you can continue to be homosexual or transgender, or you can continue to murder innocent babies, uh, you know, the blood being shed of innocent lives. You can continue in all these things, and when Jesus comes back, he's just going to hug you and wash your feet. You know, 
when they don't realize that none of that's going to happen and Jesus never washed the sinner's feet. The only ones he washed was his disciples, which he had a relationship with. So pay attention to these kind of things because these are the things that come out. They're not subtle. They're just little things that get in and creep in. And like the Bible says, a little leaven will leaven the whole loaf. It don't take but just a little bit to ruin all the work that the church is trying to do right now to get people to truly come back to Christ. You know, the hashtag he gets us, I love it because he does. He got me. He understood me and he met me where I was and then he changed my life forever. And I believe most of you watching, you believe it the same way. You know, I know, you know, like with my dad, he, he was rapidly becoming an alcoholic. But Jesus, he, he got him. He understood him. And he met him in an altar. And he got saved and gave his life to God. And he said, I never picked up another drop of alcohol again. That, that completely left me. God never leaves you the way he finds you. But do you get him? So you see, he gets us, but we don't want to get him because when you understand him, you understand his way.